Welcome back. Straight Cast Outdoor Cartoon Television. I'm Pat Renwick. Ryan Popcorn Whitaker. JP High. And right now, it's time for the beast of all beasts of bass fishermen. Welcoming back to the show, ladies and gentlemen, Andy Morgan. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. What's going on, Andy? Not much, man. Sitting here at the, at the fish tent getting ready for the FLW Tuesday. So everybody's yeah, it, down for the night, putting rod straps in the boat, got a new boat, and getting everything strapped in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, are, are you feeling good, dude? Uh, well, I don't know. I'm a little skeptical to even say. I don't know <laughs> kind of what I'm feeling. The practice wasn't very good. Fish aren't biting that great. So I really don't know what's going to happen. Really just kind of... I mean, seat of my pants. Hope it works out. Well, you you told us last time on the show that Gunnersville was one of your favorite lakes. It is. It is. It's probably, uh, I, I've got a little history down here. Fished a lot of events. My wife actually is from down here at Bridgeport, Alabama. So I spend a lot of time down here over the years. And yeah, I, it's so diverse. You've got the grass, you've got hard cover, and it's the Tennessee River. So yeah, it is definitely one of my favorites. I mean, it's been it's been treating everybody unkind, is what I'm hearing. I mean, are people sandbagging us or what? What What do you think? Well, I, I don't really think they are. I, I think they're pretty legit about what's going on right now. It's still winter time. Any way you look at it in the Tennessee Valley, it's still winter time, and it's gonna it, it's it's gonna show out at the weigh in. I mean, I don't think you're gonna see that many limits. I said there'll be forty limits caught tomorrow's it. I mean, these fish just hadn't moved up. What fish are coming up are just feeding. I don't think the need to spawn is really pushing them up, which is if you've got the feeding and the spawning together, the fishing's better. And I think right now you just kind of have the feeding. So I think it's why it's a little tougher. But, I mean, you, you thrive on these kind of derbies, don't you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> plain and simple. Plain and simple. I mean, you do have a very simplistic approach to tournament fishing. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah. you, you, it's a pure form, and I mean that as the, as the most sincere compliment because, um, dude, we watch you, and you never seem to get rattled. I mean, at least you don't show it anyway. Is that the magic to your success? Yeah, it, it probably is. Uh, I don't get rattled very easy. It's still just bass fishing at the end of the day, and I mean – I like the simple things of bass fishing. I'm not the guy that gets out there and does a little side scanning and, and down shooting and whatnot. I'm pretty much a meat and potatoes guy. If I can see it and I can throw beside it, I can cover a lot of water. And, you know, I go in it with the attitude I want to come out of here with a payday. I want to get a check and I'm going to go out here. I'm going to fish hard in practice. I don't talk on the phone. I don't text. I don't communicate a whole lot other than, you know, the guys out here in camp. And it's just, uh, it's an everyday grind to me. And I always take it as maybe I'm not going to be too surprised if I catch them, and I'm not going to be too surprised, you know, if I if I don't catch them. So, you know, keep the surprises out of it and just keep a, a steady flow, a pace. I always like to, like to call it, I keep my pace. Nice. So what does spin you out? What what makes you a BB in a boxcar? What, what, what's, what's your kryptonite? You know, I, I guess the worst thing that's it, happened to me in, in bass fishing is smallmouth fishing. Whoa. They drive me freaking nuts to go up north and chase smallmouth. They always seem to swim the other direction when I show up. <laughs> I can relate to that. 
They were born with a suitcase. They, <laughs> the uh, our our buddy you know they were. <laughs> our buddy Brandon Palinick calls it the the uh, smallmouth play hide and go f yourself. That's what he says. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. I've never heard that, but I will remember that. Yeah, I mean, you could use that one. He didn't trademark it, so you can have that. Andy. And you're his manager, so he's approved it. Yes, yeah. I'm, I'm approving that right there. <laughs> hey, man, um, three time angler of the year, right? Or is, or is it more? You're three times, right? Yeah, three times. Three times. Um, are, are you feeling? Uh, are you feeling a Forcewood Cup win? I mean, I know you got to take one Derby at a time, but are you seeing that in your future? Man, I'd love to. I, I, it seems like that's just eluded me every year. That, and it kind of sounds funny, but it's almost like I'm so burned out. The time the Forcewood Cup gets here, sometimes that. I don't put in the effort that I need to, but this year I feel a little different about it. I'm already grandfathered in because the AOI goes to the you know the following year Forcewood Cup. Sure. And I am. I'm kind of chomping at the bits for that a little more right now. I really would like to make a play on that and be in contention to win on that last day. That's pretty exciting. I've been in that position now three or four times over right. the years. But I'm really jonesing for another opportunity at, at that. I mean, I, I see it. In this bass crystal ball that we just stole from Luke Duncan, um, we we see you winning a Forest Wood Cup in the near future. Well, it's you know, it, it's really your best opportunity as an angler to win because you got like fifty guys there. So your percentage it goes way up from the hundred and sixty five that are here at Gunnersville right now. So yeah, it's it uh it intrigues me. It really does. Now, uh, let, let's get back to your practice approach. How much? How much of your time when you're practicing for a derby is spent scouting, and how much time is spent fishing? Uh, you know, uh, these tougher events, I do more fishing than just looking. Uh, but I do. You know, I'm gonna say it's fifty fifty. I, you know, if I can get into an area and get a bite or two, you know, I, I don't spend much time there. I'm going on to the next and, you know, just try to kind of piece it together in a tournament where you've got some bites. And a lot of times you don't really know how big those fish are. It, it's become over the last several years, you don't want other anglers to see you lingering in an area very long. Gotcha. And, you know, that that's kind of become a deal, you know, and, and not beating up on anybody, but a lot of these uh, younger anglers and what have you, you know, they, they got some eyes on them. And you got to kind of, you know, uh, prevent that from happening until you have to let it happen. Stick and move. Yeah. So, right. I mean, stick and move. Get gone. How do you know? I mean, you, you say you stick a few in an area. Is it just, is it a gut instinct that that spot should yeah. pay off for you? Or is it something that you've learned yes. over the years? Yes. You kind of look at it with the weather forecast that's coming, the water level, the water conditions kind of what's coming you know what you catch today doesn't mean anything for tomorrow you just kind of got to play into the hands of what you think's going to happen and hope your instinct and your gut feeling was correct you got to dance with who brung you yeah so you got that right 100 <laughs> well said <laughs> hey what's the worst derby you ever fished and what did you learn from it oh man i've had some bad ones i've had some bad beaver lake tournaments early in my career and those highland impoundments uh, I mean, I've done bad lots of places. So, uh, don't get me wrong; I've had some bad river finishes, even. Uh, but those are the ones that stick. Uh, I, I would say the biggest lesson that I've learned that's really stuck with me over the years is going to Florida, like at Okeechobee, Kissimmee, and going down there and getting absolutely paddled. 
by trying to move around too much. Instead of being patient, let the day flow as it may, put the trolling motor down and cover your water, and don't pick your trolling motor up as much is what I really learned out of Florida. But that's also flown over into, you know, some other areas of the country that that really works, especially even the Gunnersville, where you have a lot of grass, a lot of aquatics around. It's a place you can put your trolling motor down and spend a lot of time and don't spend your time running the Evan route. So what are you happy that that the uh, that the tour is kicking off in Alabama instead of Florida this year? I am. I am. I mean, it's close to home. It's a Tennessee River. It's a, it's a great fishery. And, uh, you know, the older I get, I don't like to drive as much. So, yeah, close to home's good for me. Nice. I mean, that's a good way to look at it. Are you are you excited that the season's actually starting, or is, is it somber that hunting season's you, ending? <laughs> you know, it's like I said today, you know, I came straight out of the woods, straight onto the water, <laughs> but it's kind of nice. I hunted so much this year that I'm like, damn, I'm ready to start fishing. All so right. here we are. It's starting off. <laughs> it is hear. just barely ticking into February, which I really wasn't just crazy about a winter tournament. But we've kind of dodged the bullet, and it's not going to be super cold. And, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of glad it's here. Nice. Andy, when are we going to see you on, on Major League Fishing? Man, you know, I've had the invitation a couple of different times. I just hadn't been able to put that together where I could – make some money doing that i know you win a little bit of money now but that would really get over into my hunting season it would really have to be worth my while to prolong my fishing on into the year so i love my hunting and it's kind of my time to get away and just say hey this is my time for vacation and so i don't i don't know about the mlf i'm gonna start a petition to get you on there because because i think you'd kill it i think your style of fishing it, it would like i want him and clun i think you'd there. suck him up him and Rick yeah. Clun need I, to be. I, I think I would do okay. It's kind of my format. It looks pretty fun. I do watch it. I think it's pretty entertaining. Catch a lot of little fish, though. They catch a lot of little bitty ones. It's kind of the, yeah. I, I guess, seems like the, the shaky head league just a little bit until one of those guys gets something else really going. Uh, but it is pretty exciting to watch. Or you just throw a KVD jerk bait and they win every time. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that happen. <laughs> I've seen it happen, too. Hey, uh, let's say that FLW proposed or enforced a new rule, and it's called three rods on deck, one in hand. What are the four rods that you're picking, Andy, and uh, and, and what baits are tied on? Oh, that's a pretty easy one for me. I would have a piece of Zoom plastic, uh, which would be something like a Z-crawl. I would have a War Eagle jig on another rod, so that's two of the rods. I'd have a War Eagle spinnerbait on a third, and I'd have one of our Livingston Square Bills of Primetime on the fourth. Yeah, nice. I mean, now tell me about the rods. Tell me about the combos. Oh, I mean, it would be loose reels, of course, on the spinnerbait and the crankbait. It would be a 6-4 to 1 ratio. Uh, 12, 14-pound gamma fluorocarbon lines, what I use is gamma. And uh, I'd have a cranking rod, which was an I-rod, which would be one of the rip-wrap specials for the crankbait. I'd have a like a 704 for the spinnerbait, and I'd have my signature series I-rod, the 764 Morgan's Junk Rod for my for my flipping sticks and skipping rods and what have you. That, that's a heck of a flipping stick, dude. It is, it is. And it's not one that's overpowering. It doesn't have, you know, that big stiff backbone. It's not a broom handle. It's a rod that you can load, and once you get the rod loaded on a hook set, it's got a really deep bend, really parabolic rod. And once you get that fish coming and you start the reel moving, and you know he's going to come to you, jump, whatever he's going to do, you still have that rod loaded, so you just land more of them. What, what are the specs on that 704 that you throw uh, spinner baits on? 
it's kind of the same. It's got a little more backbone. So you you can throw maybe uh, you know it's a good half ounce bait rod even up to a three quarter, but it's really parabolic also. You just got a really deep bend into it when a fish gets it, and you can load up on him, especially like a, even a chatter bait. When you get that rod bent, they don't get away very often. It's just when the rod goes flat and they come to you, and you can't catch up with the reel or what have you. Do you lose them? Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, Andy, I don't know if you heard or not, but we just became uh, part of the War Eagle team too. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. The, best, yeah, the best stuff on the planet, man. If you want a spinnerbait, there's one kind. It's a war eagle. We, we agree, and we're proud to be uh, proud to be on the team. So th- teach me something about spinnerbait fishing that I might not already know. Give me a trick that can help me put more spinnerbait fish in the boat. You know, uh, it, it pretty much, and I'm sure you, I don't know if you, I'm sure you guys probably know, you know, a round blade for the dirty cold water, the little leaf blade. The hubcap. You know, for for the cleaner, warmer water. And I always use, of course, 95% of the time I'm going to use a trailer hook. And on my trailer hook, I don't go oversized with a trailer hook. And I see a lot of people kind of make this mistake. They'll put a little bit too big of a trailer hook on their bait. I use a smaller trailer hook. This one's not as long. It's not. It doesn't have the, the huge big bite to it. I always use, use like a, a, I think it's an, a one-alt. Okay. A one-alt and a two-alt is usually what I use on a spinnerbait. And I swear I believe I land more of them by having that smaller hook. It gets places, and it doesn't come unbuttoned. And what, what's the best way to attach that uh, trailer hook? There's a couple different ways. You know, you can do the tubing up the hook, or there's the tubing around the eye of the hook. What, what, uh, what way do you prefer? Uh, you know what the best way that I've seen is a dang hole punch. Take a milk jug and a hole punch. Okay. And punch those little, you know, those little holes out, those little donut hole deals, and stick one on, put the trailer hook on, and stick another one on, and wedge it in between the two uh, holes. Huh. Nice. Circles, I should say. Excellent. I'm usually using the tubing and putting the, the trailer hook on, on first and then the tubing, but I find a lot of times that tubing wants to work its way up to the... To it does. It kinda, it's kind of aggravating. Yeah, but that milk jug deal, I mean, that works perfect. It kind of slides up and down the shank of the hook and stuff. And it always stays in position, and it won't come off. That's cool. So you said you hole punch out of a of a milk jug, yep. so just the little plastic circles. Yep. Or like That's the awesome. uh, uh, the 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 stuff that you get like a six pack of Coke or Gatorade mm-hmm. out of just that little. I don't even know what they call it stuff. Just the plastic stuff that holds the Gatorades together. If you buy oh a the stuff that kills the uh, geese, yeah. If you don't, yeah, if you don't clip them, yeah. around his head three or whatever. Yeah. I use that stuff too. You can cut that <laughs> with scissors, actually. Make you know, make you a little deal like that. If you don't have a hole punch, okay, that's good stuff. Nice little spinner bait, uh, little spinner bait logic from Andy. Never Morgan. heard that one. That's right, awesome. Right, right <laughs> Thank here. you. Hey, uh, Andy, do bass travel a lot? Do you think they yes. travel? Yes. Give me an example. Do. Uh, you know, the spawn, when they're coming in to spawn, they'll travel in out of the main channel a lot. Like at Okeechobee, when the conditions are right, a lot of those fish come in way off the main lake. Same way on the Tennessee River, they come in off that main channel. And I think they move a lot in a short period of time also. Especially like in the summer where those fish will leave a ledge or leave that deep water at night and move up to a shallower area to feed. I think a lot of times they travel, you know, I don't think it's like three or four miles or anything like that, but. They do move a lot more than we than we anticipate and, and then we, that we think. Do you Especially think- during the spawn, I really think they move a long way and they can do it really quick, spawn really quick, and move away really quick. So, do you think that the apexes, the the, the real big girls of the system, are 
are more inclined to, to stay more stationary in one area? I do. I think a lot of those great big fish don't move as much. I think they get in an area that they live and it's comfortable. And it's always pretty close to a spawning area that is more subtle, I should say. They move up maybe on a river bar and do their spawning deal, then kind of back off into a, an area off the channel or et cetera. But I, I do see a lot more of that, uh, especially living on Chickamauga and whatnot, that those fish, a lot of them don't go to the backwater to spawn. They'll just go up on the first available bluff end or whatever and do their spawning. Get it done. Get it done and get gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're right there close to home and they don't have to go that far. Uh, but I think a lot of your, you know, a lot of your big, big time spawners are those two, three, and four pounders. I, I do think they travel a lot more because they school up big time on those river ledges and those river islands. It's in the center of the river, so that shows you right there that they do a lot of traveling because they're going to the bank to spawn somewhere to get back out in that river channel. It's a pretty good swim. Hey, Andy, have you ever been on a game show before? Never. Well, you, you're about to be on a game show. Are you ready? <laughs> Yeah, I'm ready. All right, we're going to play a little bass and match game. What? Are you ready? Yep. Okay, I'm going to give you a phrase, yep. and then you tell me the first thing that pops in your mind. So it's a little <laughs> it's a little word association, bass yep. and match game, right gotcha. here on Stray Cast. Okay, the first word to you, rod locker surprise, Andy Morgan, rod locker surprise. Bullfrog. Bullfrog. So you found yeah. a bullfrog in your rod locker before? Oh, yes. Yes, that was... Uh, let me see who done that. I think that might have been a Gerald Swindle deal. He put that in there. <laughs> Multiple. He, he sabotaged you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the word is poacher. Poacher. Poacher? Yeah. Wow. That kind of spins several different names that I could probably throw out there. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. Straight yeah, cast. That, that, that's the guy that you see the day before at a distance, the word poacher. Then that guy reads the score sheet, and guess what? The next day, poacher. He's in there, and he ain't making <laughs> eggs. He's trying to catch your fish. That's right. That's the dude. That's the dude. Gin clear. Gin clear. <laughs> Beaver Lake. Beaver Lake. That, that's your arch nemesis. Used to be. Now it's like I go over there and I don't finish any worse than third. Now I'll, I, and I can't tell you how I've done that. <laughs> My only tour win on Beaver Lake, <laughs> and I've got like several seconds and a couple thirds, whatever, over there. And I'm like, I don't even know how I've done that, but it seems to work out somehow. Don't complain because it's happening. That's the I bass. I will not ma- complain. That's the bass magic. Uh, sawing it down. Sawing it down. Sawing it down. Yeah. Well, I guess the uh, David Dudley. David Dudley. I, <laughs> I saw him saw into a place and win like a million dollars. He did. Holding chainsaw, cut a log, and went in there and won the tournament. He did. He surpassed your $18 million mark on the tour. Yes, he did. In just a few casts there. <laughs> it, it was right there. Now, I was thinking of a fiddle player. When I hear sawing it down, I think of a fiddle player. Yeah. True, true. So, sawing it down. Grass. Who is a Bassin Miracle? A Bassin Miracle. Bassin Miracle. Yeah. Wow. I, t- I don't know exactly on that one. Van Dam. Van Dam. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's the man. He- he's the prodigy child. He's the man. <laughs> Screaming Eagle. Oh, War Eagle. War yeah. Eagle spinnerbait. That's right. That's one of the best spinnerbaits for those ever-elusive brown fish, those smallmouth. Yes, it is. Keith built me some Screaming Eagles years ago. and I guess I went to, where was it? It was Champlain. 
back in the day when it was just loaded. You could throw that Screaming Eagle with like a little chartreuse and white blades, and they would annihilate it. You'd just wreck it. Oh my gosh, it was so fun, and, yes. And that's, and that's a cool strike. I mean, those are wrist herders. Yes, that's the best. That's addictive. You'll even be doing that when they're not biting it that great and get out there and really get your butt kicked but just because it's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> you want to catch like five like that a day when you could catch maybe 25 on a jerk bait. But <laughs> it's like a frog. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, you, uh, you're pretty much a uh, professional bass fisherman or, or also pretty much professional truck drivers, aren't you? Yeah, pretty much, yes. I mean, there's a lot of time on the road, a lot of long hauls and close calls. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Now, so you're hungry, dude. You're, you're, you're traveling. You're on your way to the next derby. What fast food restaurant draws you in every time? Man, you know, I don't really stop at a fast food restaurant anymore. What I'll do, I'll stop in a gas station and get a loaf of bread, peanut butter and jelly, and make some sandwiches and keep right on rolling. And 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 keep the uh, bullfrogs out of the rod locker when you put yes, the keep, keep a watch for Gerald Swindle and the bullfrogs. <laughs> yes, you got to keep a watch. Lock <laughs> the rod lockers. Who are you voting for in the beard war, Gerald Swindle or Luke Duncan? Oh, man, I, I think I'm gonna have to go with Swindle on this one. He's got a pretty nasty looking one going on. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, Luke Duncan just pulled a canary out of his beard live on the air here. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty good. I didn't see that, but I could see that happening. Yes, it, it was. It was pretty. It was pretty awesome. Hey, uh, I mean, you got a pretty cool uh, schedule set up for the for the 2017 FLW tour. Which lake are you most looking forward to fishing? You know, probably. You know, I would have said Gunnersville a few days ago. Now yeah. that's kind of out. <laughs> I'm going to say uh, lacrosse. I've never been to lacrosse, and I hear it's got some, you know, exceptional shallow fishing, a lot of weeds, lily pads, uh, trees, you know, river, current, rock, whatever you want. That's pretty exciting to me, so I'm kind of looking forward to that one. It's, it's got the variety platter. It does. It's got the buffet. It's got the bassin yes. buffet. Hey, Pick uh, your poison. I, I want to tell you, man, you are absolutely um, – one of the most savage anglers on the tour, dude, and <laughs> and and we we really admire you. We're 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 kind of by South Chicago, you know, where uh, where it's not it's not always the safest place to go. And I want to tell right. you, if I could pick two dudes uh, to have my back, like say I was, I like to I like to run, I like to jog. So if I was right. going for a run uh, in, in the bad areas, I would pick you and Greg Hackney to cover me, dude. <laughs> We could get it done. Get it <laughs> that done. would that would be that would be ideal. Dude, that's a whole lot of hunting skills. Yeah, I right mean there. those guys. There's no stopping yeah. them. That, that, that's that's the deal. Right? Hey, uh, <laughs> thank you so much, Andy, for for coming on the show, dude. And we really appreciate you you taking time out of this uh, this big uh, pregame night to be with us, Knuckleheads. Oh boy. Oh well, I tell you what, I appreciate it, guys. Appreciate you having me and. We're getting it all dialed in here, and we're all fixing to go to bed shortly. Yeah, man. Knock them out tomorrow, okay? Good luck. Appreciate it, guys. It's your derby. Hey, that's Andy Morgan right here on Straight Cast Outdoor Cartoon Television. I'm Pat Renwick. Put the shallow water rankers down when we get back. It's Brian Thrift right here in the home stretch. Yeah.